0: This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com, on mypodcasthouse.com.
1: G'day everyone, you are On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com. Got to say a big thanks to our mates at Truck Assist for their ongoing support. Uh, It's grand final week, Newcastle this weekend, the final round of the Virgin Australia Supercars Championship. Uh, This show coming to you from the Adelaide Studios, because... The regular host, Tony Shebecki, is about to jet off on an overseas adventure. Uh, G'day, Shebecks. Where, where are you off to, for starters?
0: Well, heading off to Chicago, first of all, Richard, where I'll be enjoying four nights of WWE wrestling with my son. Participating? And then, uh, uh, no, no, just watching. Just right. totally watching. And then from there, we'll be heading off to New York for five days to uh, share the wonderful tradition of Thanksgiving with our uh, fellow humans over there, and uh, maybe a little bit of Black Friday shopping as well, and hopefully get some bargains. Right.
1: Excellent. I, I, on the, I hope this is on the company uh, company tab, is it? This is an on-the-grid uh, finance voyage, or is this, this an off-the-record <laughs> podcast production?
0: We need to speak about that after yeah. the podcast.
1: Yeah, okay. No worries. <laughs> Too easy. No, uh, no. It's, no, it's
0: uh, all tax deductible.
1: And uh, the, the first time, of course it is, uh, hello ATO, uh, and the first time uh, you miss the Newcastle event, which will be uh, disappointing because it's a great weekend of racing. Uh, on the other end is. of the line as well is our Queensland correspondent, Mark Walker, who will be on the streets of uh, the Iron City for the first time. Uh, g'day, Mark.
2: Your hostess, Shebex, uh, Shebex
1: that stuff yep. is scripted, you know. It's all scripted. <laughs> you what's know that?
2: what's not scripted? Oh, WWE. You know what's not scripted is going to be the racing this weekend in yeah. Newcastle. Oh, segue. So, yeah? Segway. segue. Segue. I like
0: it. That's there is one thing it. that'll be scripted, and that'll be the uh, award-winning, award-giving of the award to the uh, bloke who wins the award. That's Scott McLaughlin. Right. For the best driver. So that's done. That's decided.
1: I, I thought you were about to talk about the Supercar Media Awards, which are obviously the biggest prize of that weekend, uh, of which I think we can officially announce that On The Grid has been nominated for a Supercar Without Media Award. Yet. So we're in, we're in podcast wars, boys. Uh, in the most competitive category, arguably, of any Supercar Media Award, we are in it. Um, and you've got to be in it to win it. So I, I have... Some faith that perhaps we might be able to get—I don't know—fourth or fifth in that uh, in that rankings.
0: Well, there was a time where we were consistently getting first. So yes, there we were only there hill. were only two people,
1: though. So uh... oh, that's
0: two very good point. <laughs> yeah. And the other and the other bloke was never a chance.
1: No, correct, correct. Oh. Uh, anyway, we look forward to that. That's Friday night. But it is a big weekend. It's the final round of the championship, and even though Scott McLaughlin has wrapped up the title, uh, that's
0: what I think I was trying to say before. I think
1: it was. it just was a roundabout way of doing it. So championship over, but it it strikes me, boys, and maybe we'll start with you, Specs, that there's a a point to be proved here after everything that's gone on with DJR Team Penske over the last month and a half. Scotty hasn't won a race since Bathurst. It's his longest dry spell since last year. Um, That there's a a point to be proved by Car17... And the real potential that he is going to go out and absolutely annihilate everybody this weekend just to just to prove a point and put a full stop on this championship.
0: Well, I think he's also going to do that for the fact, too, that the team's championship is still very much up for grabs. So you've got Triple Eight and uh, DJR Team Penske really fighting out to the death on that one, and that'll go right down to the very last race as well. So I think Scotty would like to make sure that uh, the full sweep of uh, awards is brought back to the, uh, the shed at uh, in, on the Gold Coast and not only the Championship Driver Award but also the Championship Team Award as well. And I think that's that's where Scott's main focus is going to be. But you're right, it's been a very lean couple of months for that car and there's been a lot of congestion about wins that they may have had at Bathurst and a lot of congestion since in regards to engines and the like. And it would be just lovely if they could just put all that behind them and just race this weekend and I'm sure that's what Scott is looking forward to. And I've got to say, boys, I'm I'm really sad for him and the team for the fact that they weren't able to celebrate as much as they would have liked that championship win at Sandown. That that announcement of that engine situation at Sandown—I think we might have spoke about this last week. Yeah, we did. Still irks me. Just the timing of it was just absolutely atrocious.
1: Yeah, Mark, what do you reckon?
0: Uh, what I reckon it's it's a bit weird coming
2: into Newcastle. With everything already wrapped up in a neat little package. Last year we've had these two absolute grandstand weekends uh, built up. This weekend, Super 2's already wrapped up. Scotty's uh, smoked everyone in the main game. I, I think the thing to look out for is that you've got so many drivers out there going to new homes next year. Will they care? Are we just going <laughs> to see stuff torn up? And then, oh, on the way out the door, what do you got to lose? Just going, I like your thinking. Boys. I and like you know, your the, thinking. The other thing, too, is bit of the long-range forecast, uh, maybe a bit of rain. How do you think that's going to play out? I mean, it's a fairly sketchy race track. Yeah. Uh, you got all those lines absolutely everywhere. You got tram tracks thrown into the mix. That I think it would be fairly spicy if it does uh, start to precipitate a bit over the weekend.
1: Yeah, and we've we've never seen a wet session in the history of the Newcastle 500, so that will be crazy if we get some rain. And I think there's there's thunderstorms forecast for Friday, which will be particularly interesting. And uh, somewhat poetic given the state of politics in the sport at the moment. Um, the the one championship that he's up for grabs is the team's title and it, it's a much harder sell to the general public than the driver's championship, but it, it means a lot to those involved and pit priority and getting that last slot in pit lane is obviously so critical. So DJR Team Penske on 6101, uh, 59.85 for 888 race engineering, but... Triple A to the form team at the moment, aren't they? They are yeah. crushing it. They've, they've won the last three straight races. They've been first or second in the last six, dating back to Pukekohe, where, like a switch, they flick those cars on and um, they are utterly dominant. And, and perhaps more impressively, their street circuit form, boys on the Gold Coast, was almost unstoppable. So,
0: I mean, they have to be the favourites going into this one, surely. You would think they'd have to be the favourites going into it. They do have the form, you're right, Richard. But as I said, there's a lot on the line for DJR Team Penske, and I'm sure that the number 17 car will be doing its best. I still don't know where that number 12 car sits in the scheme of things there and how much it will be able to affect and stop Triple Eight in regards to getting uh, up the front of that team's championship. But isn't it fantastic to have a second team competing for the team's championship? I think we might remember three or four months into the season we thought it was a fait complete that it was going to be a clean sweep of everything by DJR Team Penske. But uh, congratulations and well done to Triple Eight. Even if they don't take out the team's championship, the fact that they've brought themselves into a position where they're fighting for it into the last race is a great effort by that team, and they need all the uh, all the congratulations that are thrown their way. Yeah,
2: I mean, they've, they had the dream team there and the Enduros. I mean, that was the best combination that they ever could be. Without and a doubt. Of course, they were going to get the results. Uh, still Fabian's been missing in action since Townsville which was an awful, awful long time ago um, as far as the pit lane goes there, there's two good slots you want the first pit or you want to be right down the other end at the dumb end of the pit lane you want the first one it was interesting when they were talking about penalties for this uh, Bathurst carry-on that oh, you know, they might send them to last in the team's championship that would have been absolutely premium for <laughs> uh, the DJR team Penske if they yeah. had that it in slot which would have been very very handy because uh if you're a, a fast team down the other end you'd you sort of open yourself up to a lot less congestion down there so yep a lot to play for and it's just bragging rights you, every time you walk into the paddock for the next 12 months you know who won that championship last year and you know exactly where you were in the pecking order last year how far you have to go down to that far end of the pit lane so uh Yeah, it's pride on the line, and they'll all be bringing their best weapons out.
0: Can I also just say, any noise that you hear in the background is not my breathing. I'm actually (laughs) holding my breath, apart from talking. I just want to get that in early.
1: Okay. No worries. We weren't going to bring it up, Chebecs. Oh, good. <laughs> we, we we did talk about it in the production meeting beforehand, but we we don't. It, it wasn't on the list of things to discuss about supercars. Just wanted to get it in early. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: power rankings?
1: <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, head to the race dot com for the power rankings. By the way, uh, lots of discussion about those amongst uh, supercar teams and even categories outside of supercars who might not have made the hot list lately, which is fascinating. Um, so outside the top two. That you feel like there's still a bit to play for as well. Tickford Racing have gone a full race meeting without their cars taking each other out, so that's a, a massive up from them. And
2: Oh, no, they, they still crashed into each other. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, they did, didn't they? Yeah, OK, so they haven't. So we need to reset that the, the, <laughs> the countdown clock counter for Tickford Shunts back to zero. Um, but still, solid weekend at Sandown, second and third there for the 55 and the 5. Um, they they need to end the year strongly. Uh, It's been a frustrating year for that team, I would have thought, given the potential in the Mustang and the potential dominance of that car at the start of the year. Um, The wheels have sort of fallen off the wagon a little bit and they really need to finish it strongly. But a little bit further down, there's a battle for bragging rights and it's for sixth place and no one really cares, but it's a battle nonetheless. And Walkinshaw Andretti United are sixth in the team's championship off the back of their very strong enduro campaign. 4.068 playing brad jones racing in seventh on 4.056 so there's not much between those two and now you don't want to you're not going to get a trophy for finishing sixth in the team's championship but when you're fighting for pride uh in the midfield in supercars at the moment i think every little position counts right surely
0: Uh, without a doubt and i think that uh this has definitely been a year of two halves hasn't it for both those teams for, uh, for Wilkinshire Andretti United It was a shocking start to the year Whereas uh, Brad Jones Racing I think we praised quite highly yep. In regards to their start And then the, re- literally the middle of the year Things have really turned around Probably even more so towards the start of the Enduros For uh, WAU And they've uh, had more of a showing Haven't they in the last two to three months Whereas Brad Jones Racing really seems To have dropped off So interesting that they're finding themselves so close For that position in sixth place, and uh, you're right. Every spot you pick up is just a better spot for you on the grid, and and the like, and, and bragging rights. So who will take that home is going to be interesting. I would probably say that uh, the 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 wheels are sort of turning the way of WAU at the moment. The momentum definitely seems to be there.
1: Yeah.
2: Yep, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's that third place Holden team, isn't it? I mean, Erebus sort of were the leading Holden team for a bit there, but they've sort of the wheels have sort of fallen off that campaign a bit in recent times. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. It, it's another circuit, you know, it's those street circuits where the driver can just rag it and can make up uh, for the deficiencies in the car. So, you know, they've all got the same weapons and uh, we'll see who's going to have the sharpest one and, and get that pit lane priority.
1: Well, on that, I I, I'm, I will back Brad Jones Racing because I think the year that Nick Perkats had in the number eight um, is just is just primed for him to finish strongly. I, I, we saw Garth Tander do it last year in the GRM car, just absolutely ragged the wheels off the thing in Newcastle and dragged it up the order, probably where the car didn't belong. So um, I, I got a feeling Nick, who, who's been an outstanding performer this season, we can't speak highly enough of what he's done um, in that car, I, I reckon he might drag them up. Um, it's a, a swan song for the Nissan Ultimate, so the era of multiple brands outside of Ford and Holden in supercars, at least for the time being, comes to a, a pause. How do we reflect on these cars, boys? In, in ten years, when we're talking about this era, how do we? And we might start with Mark, because you had some hands-on experience yes, in the Norton days good point. Um, and the, the JD days. Um, how do you? How do we reflect on the Nissans, and how will we reflect on them in the future? Do you think, when we look back on this sort of little asterisk in the sport, a strange little period in supercar racing where Nissan were back?
2: The problem that they always had is that they were the first brand outside of Ford and Holden to commit, and every subsequent brand after that had just te- kept taking the Mickey a bit more, take the Mickey a bit more, a few liberties here, a few there, and, and so by the time the Volvo came along, it was so far removed from what the Ultima was allowed to be in the first place because you know they just said yes sir, yes sir, yes sir to all the things that supercast put out there, mm. and, and it wasn't as good a weapon as what those Volvos and potentially, you know, the, the Mercedes were in there pretty early, but, uh, you know, those Volvos were absolute rocket ships. And then subsequently with each hom- homologation that's gone on since then with the ZB and the Mustang, it's just moved the goalposts further and further away from what this Ultima is. So, you know, they've, they've still dragged some results out of a car that was, you know, the power plants derived from... Nissan Patrol V8 engine, like it's a road car engine in there that they've they've beefed up into a V8 supercar, and, you know, they've done a very good job with that, and it's kind of a shame at the moment, because they've found some form, they've got a bit of pace on the board at the moment, and it's just as the program's coming to an end, but, uh, you know, they'll continue on next year with the Mustang, and uh, I expect to see them do some reasonable things next year.
0: My memories of the Ultima uh, summed up in two words. Jungle juice. Ah, oh, stop were it. We, no, I'm sorry, but that's what they'll most be remembered for, won't they? That fantastic win that they had at Winton, which was soured by the calls from Holden. On on the grid, might I say, the first calls from Holden were on the grid on the Sunday morning by Mr McNamara, the uh, media manager for, or the, the Holden Motorsport Racing boss. Team media yeah. manager. Motorsport boss, Correct who uh, came on the program and suggested that uh, they were racing with improper fuel, hence the reason why they yeah, got the win. And, and it was
2: signed off by Holden. What I, a dopey <laughs> claim.
0: couldn't agree more, but it was just, it was a fantastic... And, <laughs> Entirely being, dopey. Being the bloke who was doing the interview at the time, and when I heard that, I thought, oh, you little beauty, I want a winner here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so those two words ring very heavily into my ears. But you know what, for me, this year has really helped put that aside. This year, I think, has really proven that the Nissans can be competitive and have been competitive, without a doubt, in many a race this year. I think Rick Kelly and also Andre Heimgartner have been fantastic in the way that they've steered these uh, cars around uh, Australia's racetracks and really been competitive in most situations. So uh, I think this year, for me, has just sort of given it a bit of a tick to say maybe this program wasn't just one race. Maybe it's been a lead up to what has been a fairly successful year, which unfortunately, unfortunately, will be the last. What
1: What do you guys think was the the crowning moment for that car? Was it Was it Rick Kelly's? And we'll ignore Jungle Juice for the moment. I, I I tend to agree that there's a there's always going to be whether whether it actually meant anything or not. There's always going to be a little asterisk next to that win, much in the same way that there will be for Bathurst this year. Was it Rick Kelly at Winton last year, which was Raw pace, genuine performance, great race win. Was it Andre Heimgartner on the podium at Phillip Island? Or was the crowning moment for Kelly Racing as a Nissan team Bathurst 2014? Was it that ridiculous podium that no one saw coming in a race that no one saw coming? Was that the crowning moment? What do you think, Mark? We'll start with you.
2: Well, the only asterisk the only on that one was that they got
1: beaten by Paul Morris. <laughs> I mean, if there's anyone else. And Chaz yeah. in, a, in a car that had been crashed three times, written off three times in that race, yeah. 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 Correct. Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, that was that was a mental race that absolutely anyone could have and should have won. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's totally up there, isn't it? So, yeah, oh, I really do like Rico's win last year because that was against all of them. And, um, yeah, he did a very good job that day. They they found a fair bit of pace in that middle section of last year. But... Uh, you know, it's the same sort of pace I've got. You know, maybe they could go out a winner this weekend. It's not out of the question, especially if there is a bit of craziness going on with the weather.
1: Well, the, the Dados have always been good at um, at Newcastle. And Shebex you and I were sitting there, and, and, and in Simona Di Silvestro's first season, yeah. that was her That's... most impressive performance of all because it was a level playing field. No one had seen the track, and she was up there running in 12th, 13th place, legitimately on pace. And the Nissan's always been pretty decent at on the streets of Newcastle. So maybe there is a a swan song farewell performance for them this weekend. It'd be a
0: lovely story if there was, I'm sure, and a good way to say goodbye to uh, to that product as they turn their attentions to Mustangs for next year. But for me, it's actually Andre Heimgartner's podium at Phillip Island. And the reason I say that is because you would expect that the Nissan was always going to go well at Winton. It's a, a track that's sort of designed more for that car, there's no outright pace and the like. So for a car to do well and actually podium at Phillip Island, I think for me, just showed that they got that car right and it was extremely impressive. And the power that it had with the big straights that uh, are happening down at Phillip Island. I think that the Phillip Island podium for me is probably even more so more than Bathurst, yeah. just due to the fact that anything could happen in Bathurst at 1,000 kilometres the Bond, you've got to get the pace, and they'll ride on it. Yeah. Well,
2: don't forget too, they've uh, the Ultimates picked up the Super Two Championship this year as well. Yeah, good point.
1: Very good point. Well, and on that, Matt Matt White Racing's done an awesome job with those cars, hasn't he? They're against quality opposition, and let's not belittle the Super Two field. That's a pretty decent collection of racing cars there, um, steered by some pretty decent drivers. So, you know, they're, they're against the Tickford FGX and some 888 cars, they, they have legitimately won their championship and forwards run it with a round to go. So that's absolutely a valid point I would have thought about about Super 2. So yeah. may, maybe, maybe that's its crowning achievement. Maybe it's Matt White racing and and uh, <laughs> Bryce Forward.
0: <laughs> can we see, uh, can, well, possibly could be too, can we see the Nissan Ultima's get down to uh, the, uh, the the Super 3s? Oh, sorry, they're not called that anymore, are they? As of, uh, as of next year, but that... No. Uh,
1: well, no, yeah. not not for a while. In a then, of years, yeah. Won't be, nope. won't be eligible for some time for that. I think twenty two, three, maybe. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, who knows? Quite, quite. Possibly. Well, no, they're back to the Kumos, aren't they? Uh Thai V8 Touring Car Series. Yeah. 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 Lovely, fantastic. Yeah, supercars uh, decided. Sounds they a lot better. Wanted to do their own thing with the Super Three brand, so uh, they'll they'll look after that and.
0: Uh, so they can. Yes. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. V8 touring cars. Uh, they've got a calendar coming out very very soon, which will be quite good actually. Um, Looking forward to that. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a, a good series. Hey, uh, very quickly, did you get a chance to catch any of the action from the bend on the
0: weekend? Uh, no. Oh. I was uh, absolutely flat out. I had uh, Melbourne Aces stuff on the Saturday and then uh, Suns baseball on the Sunday. So unfortunately, I did miss, but I have taped and uh, we'll look forward to uh, re watching that at yeah, some w- point. Worth
1: it. TCR pretty feisty. S5000 very decent indeed. Um, yeah,
0: well, how good's uh, Thomas Randall? Gee was he's a—he's uh, in the steering mode of his life at the moment, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's, he had a fantastic drive through the Enduros. He's driving very well, but boys, let's
1: what, yeah. what, what I'm leading to with this is that uh, Shannon's have committed for another two years as a, a major sponsor of the, the Shannon's Nationals, which is terrific. But we're, we're now at a point where the calendar for most of these categories have all been locked in, and V8 Touring Cars... Um, It's no secret we'll do a couple of Shannon's rounds next year. So there's a real potential that at some Shannon's rounds, you're going to have TCR, S5000, which I can guarantee you is box office. We'll bring people through the gate. Touring car masters, which definitely is box office and will bring people through the gate. V8 touring cars, Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge, and at some events, TA2 and a full field of those. So all of a sudden, the Shannon's Nationals, it's looking pretty feisty, isn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think uh, you might have got the name of the Porsche GT3 Michelin Sprint Yes. Challenge sprint now, is challenge. it? Challenge that changes. And we'll hear yes, from. Yes, that's right. Righto. Who am I to tell the commentator? Exactly. It, it doesn't uh, change
1: till next year. And by the way, coming up in the show very soon, we'll hear from uh, a very talented young race car driver, Harry Jones, who uh, won that championship, the Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge. Uh, brought to you by Michelin, at the Bend on the weekend. But you're up right, But, yes. I mean, seriously, though, guys, this is no, this is great. legitimate stuff. And, and Sandown had 11,000 people through the gate over two days for the Shannon's Round with S5000 and TCR. So, Mark, you throw some of these extra profile categories in, like, all of a sudden, the alternative program's looking pretty bloody good, isn't it?
2: And you chuck it on some decent TV that's been uh, mooted, and mm. it's going to be a good thing. Good Sunday afternoon, Sunday afternoon viewing as well. But it sort of begs the question, what's going to be running on the supercars program? They're going to have to sort of reinvent what they're doing there. It's a or very,
0: very good question.
2: Sounds like it might be
1: a bit thin on the ground.
0: Yeah, so... You, you might see Aussie cars racing 16 rounds next year.
1: Yeah, well, I or mean... 14 they're, rounds. They're the great survivor, aren't they? So Aussie cars will continue. Yeah. But th- there's a question mark over super utes as they investigate what they're doing. And, and there's not uniformity in... All the teams in going to a V8 there. So, and if they you do. You got the jumpy
0: trucks, you got the jumpy trucks, right, races. Yeah,
1: and that, that's a massive win. That's a huge win. They that, And they needed them back, didn't they? Um, Australian GT is going to do six rounds, but if they put on a show like they did at Sandown, I'm not sure if you want them on the program. Mm-hmm. As cool as those cars are with, with 15 cars running, it's it's just not good enough. Um, and, and Super 2 looks like it's having some challenges. Though we need, to, and we should touch on the news there, boys. Um, not before time. A uh, five hundred thousand dollar prize pool announced for Super Two next year. Four hundred grand to the champion to go towards a supercar drive, which is absolutely the right thing to do. And then a hundred grand to the rookie of the year, which will be the driver under twenty-five. Um, brief, brief feedback on those boys. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think it's fantastic that they've finally put some money up. We've been talking about this for a while that there has to be some sort of incentive and some sort of uh, opportunity for these guys to take the next level. Five hundred thousand or four hundred thousand to the winner definitely goes a long way to doing that. It doesn't get you a a, a full-time driver, I wouldn't have thought, in, uh, in supercars, but it definitely gives you a great opportunity with a, a bit of a budget behind you as well to do that. So yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great step for those guys, and uh, that'll be uh, a heavily and, and very well-fought contested
2: uh, series for sure. I mean, if supercars are smart, they'll be able to sell that $400,000, and they'll get signage on whatever yep. uh, car the winner is. What I'd love to see is Paul Dumbrell come back and smoke everyone. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> would well, that be good?
1: Uh, stranger things have happened in this game. Uh, all right, uh, what are we most looking forward to this weekend on the streets of Newcastle? Even though you'll miss it, Shabeki, what are you most looking forward to?
0: Well, I'm going to be able to advise you as to whether I can see it over in America because I'm going to be trying hard to see if I can find it some way. I might have to use a VPN or something to get KO while I'm over there, but we'll work on that. Uh, for me, We've got, we got the tax department, we've <laughs> got VPNs running. This is just dodgybrothers.net. <laughs> and did you expect anything different, Mark? No, no. Oh, no? Good.
1: No, ex- exactly <laughs> what you'd expect from someone from the western suburbs of Melbourne.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the year being over and just it being reset, and I think there's probably a few teams that are probably in the same ilk of me Let's just write 2019 off. Let's just finish it and let's get ready for a big 2020 because I think it's going to be, I think with uh, the Cali boys bringing a couple of Mustangs into their garages and I think with Triple Eight now getting a bit of form back and there being that uh, all the parity issues behind us and there won't be any changes to cars, I'm just really looking forward to a settled down, good fist fight in the streets of wherever they might be in 2020. Mark Walker?
2: Uh, I'm going to say this without notice, Richard Crail, but I think uh, we need to have a tweet up. It needs to be Sunday night at a pub, and my offer of beer still stands. So yep. I think we've got to uh, blast something out there on the socials over the weekend. Saturday night is, is going to be the night.
0: No, it is. And now we what is happening on Saturday night? There's no kiss. No, well,
1: well, well recorded uh, on the Gold Coast. We we put out the call on this podcast for people to join us at the yes, Clock Tower right. Hotel, wasn't it, on the Gold Coast on the Thursday night um, and we expected exactly zero people to turn up <laughs> and, and one, you got exactly one, two. one texted and one actually turned up which blew my mind. Now boys, I have actually got an addition to this story because I was Ooh. at the Bend on the weekend, as you know, with the Shannon's Nationals and I was down in the Welcome Centre having a chat to a couple of locals who were checking out the amazing display of cars that are on display in the, the basically the foyer of the racetrack. And a gentleman rocked up to me and tapped me on the shoulder and said, and I kid you not, where do I go for the beers? And now we hadn't Whoa. even promoted it at the bend. And in hindsight we should have wow. because there's a brilliant bar literally downstairs in the in the main foyer there where beers are on tap 24/7. So we could have had wow. a on the grid beer up there, but uh yeah, that was unprompted. So I, I'm just a bit concerned, Mark, that if we put this call out for Saturday night in Newcastle, we're gonna have four thousand people turn up.
2: Why not? I mean, if there's no kiss, I mean, surely I can just buy for a beer. I mean,
3: <laughs>
2: it's has got to
0: engaged somehow. It's at this point. Just, we a, need fi- to... just a final one of that on yeah. um, booze. What is the wash up of no Kiss? Is there no band at all? Uh,
1: I believe the whole the whole concert thing has been parked. Yes.
0: So can people get a refund if they only yes. purchased a ticket? Yes, they can. They can. Okay,
1: so, cool. so the the tickets
0: for the concert were an
1: upgrade on the event ticket, uh, and Supercars have been upgrading, uh, have been refunding those tickets, those up ticket upgrades to get to the concert. So, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, which is absolutely, of course, you had to do that.
0: Yeah, wow. Yeah. Sad.
1: Right. So Saturday night, yeah, it is terrible. Uh, Saturday night, we will put out the call on the Race Talk socials at the Racetalk on Facebook and Twitter with a location in Newcastle. If you've made it 28 and a half minutes into this podcast and you're still listening, uh, this you is your invitation. You need to be following us on socials, but we will put a location up, come and have a beer and we'll buy it. And it's at this point we need to say thank you to our great friends at Truck Assist for their, and NTI for their <laughs> amazing support of the Racetalk.com and on the grid because quite literally... Without their support, we probably couldn't afford to do this.
0: <laughs> and, the this great, is... and the great news is, the great news is, is that when the truck assist money runs out, I know that our fantastic mate of Billit Hino oh. <laughs> will also then dip into his pocket and just continue it on.
2: I, I'm this be, Bill. This could be worse than Edsel Ford <laughs> chipping into Dick Johnson's recovery fund <laughs> 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 at
1: We're definitely not matching every beer one-for-one one, like Edsel Ford did in the 1980s. Uh, but... <laughs> Boys, I've got Harry Jones standing by. I'm going to have a chat to the champion of the Porsche Michelin Jenny 3 Cup, uh, Shebex, you enjoy your little jaunt to the States. Uh, thank you, mate.
0: I will. And you guys have a great show next week, wrapping it all up.
1: Yeah, we will. Mark Walker, thank you. We'll see you on the streets of Newcastle.
2: Yep, one jug with a lot of straws. <laughs>
1: It'll be good fun. <laughs> Newcastle this weekend on the grid and the race talk will be there. To cover it all right now, though, let's talk some Porsches. Right, well, we've already had one Porsche champion on the show earlier this year in Porsche Pace, Carrera Cup Australia winner Jordan Love. He's over in Europe trying to win the Porsche shootout. And our next guest will be trying to do the same thing, perhaps in a couple of years' time. He's the Porsche Michelin GT3 Cup Challenge champion. He sealed the deal at the Bend Motorsport Park at the weekend. And his name is Harry Jones. Mate, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. Great to be here.
1: Uh, congratulations, my friend. It was an amazing year of Motor Racing and Cup Challenge, brilliant racing from round one. What's the overriding sense of accomplishment with you now you've had a couple of days to reflect on a on a championship victory?
3: Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely started to sink in. It's uh, been a, an exceptional year. It's one that I've um, hit a lot of goals. You know, we set heaps of goals at the start of the year that we wanted to accomplish, and it's just tipped off one by one. So, I mean, there wasn't really much left on the table to... To get done, so it's definitely been a year I'll never forget. Really,
1: you were quite well prepared coming in. You off the back of a Formula Three championship. You had a Bathurst 12 hour start a couple of years ago as well, so you had relevant experience in high-performance cars. Even though they were different race cars, it, it probably all helps. Do you feel like you were well prepared coming into the season?
3: Yeah, I, I really do. um We prepared a lot with obviously the team at the start of the year and coming out of the Formula Three. It was a uh, a completely different car to get used to. So in the beginning, it was really about, you know, exchanging my driving style to the Porsches and, and having data from guys like Matt Campbell and Justin Evans, it was a, a good comparison to have and something that we were able to work towards and have an easy target to set. So, yeah, I mean, in the beginning, it was just heaps of test days, heaps of mileage in the car, and then come round one, I think we hit the ground running. So it was very good. How
1: big an advantage was that to roll into that environment? And, and like you said, that background that McIlray's got of success in Porsche racing, but it would be the same for, for Jordan Lovett, Sonic motor racing. He can lean on a bunch of champion drivers that have been there before. Is that a massive advantage of this category? Do you think?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I think that everyone in the top teams has that sort of advantage and everyone will be doing pre-season testing. So I think it's, um, a matter of, you know, we, we worked harder than, than others. And I think that's ultimately what won us the championship. So it's definitely a, um, Definitely a, a, a good championship to be in in the lead to Carrera Cup and, and other championships like that, and ultimately it's uh yes yeah, we shows it for that exact reason that the Porsche Pyramid is so well laid out and has such a good pathway for the junior drivers. So we're definitely looking forward to making that next step up next year.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll talk about Carrera Cup in a minute because you had a pretty spectacular debut on the Gold Coast as well. Um, yeah, The key to your championship was consistency, and you and I talked about this over a, a quiet beverage on Saturday night at the end of year. Shindig, uh, 15 podiums from the first 15 races. What do you put that down to? Was, was that a conscious decision to go out and, like, if we can't win, let's be second or let's be third, let's just make sure we get points every race? Or was it more just the circumstance that that's just the way it unfolded? Um,
3: I think it's a bit of both, really. Like, I was driving as hard as I could in every single race, but if there were certain races that, you know, the leaders drove off ahead in, in some cases, it was just a matter of, of staying in those podium positions and making sure that we didn't um, we didn't push too hard and then get super behind in the later laps in the race. So I think, um, I mean, I'm 20 years old, so I'm a couple of years older than, than other competitors, so I guess having a mature head on, me, on my shoulders definitely helped in that case. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, pretty proud of that accomplishment,
0: accomplishment to be honest.
1: Hey, the competition was pretty tough, wasn't it? Uh, Just speak a little bit about the guys you were racing this year. Obviously, within Macaray, you had Ryan Sewell, who was fresh out of a couple of years in F4, Aaron Love, hotshot with Sonic, Max Verdot, who was into his second year in the category, and young Christian Pancioni was in the mix as well. The competition was pretty ferocious at every round, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it certainly was. Um, I think Phillip Island was probably my highlight with the racing there. It was you know, every lap of that round, every single lap of every race was wheel to wheel, door banging all that sort of all that sort of stuff. So the competition was, you know, probably the best that I've ever experienced in my career coming out of Formula Ford and stuff like that. I mean in Formula Ford I raced against Max and, and that year he won that championship. So yep. you're looking at some of the best guys in the country and to to win this year was um yeah pretty amazing.
1: So, you're a race car driver, you're working part-time at McRae's, and you're working at Helimods, your major sponsor, and you're studying university as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, how on earth did yeah. you find all the time to get all that in during this season?
3: Yeah, I mean, as you say it, it's, um, it's a pretty busy year, so it was all a matter of time management and stuff like that, and you know, I think having that sort of team around you, everyone that wants to contribute to my racing, then it was a matter of... You know, the university definitely helped me a lot. I'm studying just part-time, so there was a bit less pressure there. But mm. it definitely was a busy year. But in the end, every single every single thing I did, it was to benefit my racing. So working a Macaray, that's just pretty much me being on the simulator, coaching other guys. And working at Helimods, that's me doing engineering. So, I mean, yep. everything I'm doing, I'm learning and, and putting that putting that knowledge to use on the racetrack.
1: The, the partnership with helimods mate tell me a bit about that because it's a, a really interesting deal i suppose and it, it, it's cool to see a company like that backing a young driver and, and the guys told me on the weekend that they love the fact that you're from their part of the world on the coast and they love that you're an engineering student because that's what they do and so there's a lot of synergies yeah. there initially but how did that relationship come about and, and just tell me about how
3: significant that is yeah it is pretty exciting but um the owner Will Chapman and I we actually met at the gym at the start of the year so it was completely random that we met each other and then it was just a matter of we got talking I was interested in what he did and he was interested in what I did and the, the you know the bond started from there and then like throughout the year we've gained so many insights to motorsport. and obviously Halley Mods is one of the most technological advanced companies on the Sunshine Coast and well, in the world really like we're using all the latest and greatest stuff and I mean it, we're hoping that some of that stuff can be implemented into the motorsport industry and there's some pretty exciting stuff on the horizon.
1: It's cool to have a company like that backing you, isn't it? Because as we all know, it's such an expensive game. So that's a pretty
3: uh, it's a pretty good motivation to keep going back to the gym, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's it. It
3: was um, I mean, yeah, it was a dream come true at the start of year to meet Will and, and have him and the team support me. And throughout the year, HeliMods and the, the team have actually been at every single race yeah. this year. So to have that sort of support... Is, um, is unheard of and one I'm truly grateful of.
1: So you touched on Carrera Cup and the Gold Coast was your baptism of fire in, in the main game of one-make Porsche racing. And we, we had a bit of a joke on Saturday night that you and Aaron Love uh, both graduated up at the same time and you ended up parked in the fence together as well in the final <laughs> race, but, which was a small irony given the year you've had in, in Cup Challenge. But um, it was hugely impressive that both of you, for that matter, jumped into Carrera Cup and you were, you were competitive straight away. Obviously, Cup Challenge is a great breeding ground to that because the cars are very similar. But were you surprised how quickly you were on the pace, especially given how tough that Gold Coast joint is as a racetrack and as a, a driving challenge?
3: Yeah, I was pretty surprised, actually. But it was um, it was definitely a, a hard weekend. It was my first time at a street circuit and, obviously, first time in Carrera Cup. Heaps of first thing, first times for everything. Um, but I mean like practice one, going out there, experiencing those curves, the beach chicane, all those walls for the first time was pretty daunting. And I think we finished like two seconds off the pace. So in the beginning it was definitely a, a hard task for me to for me to get my head around and ultimately the team and I we worked pretty hard and we got that time down to I think it was like half a second in the races. So yeah, yeah I was pretty happy with the weekend. We finished in the top ten in one of the races after after the crash in race one. So yeah, I think it's um definitely confidence building for next year but it's definitely opened my eyes to how hard I'll have to work to hopefully one day win that championship.
1: Yeah, and and it's tough, isn't it, Carrera Cup? And, and you would have followed it as closely as anyone this year with, with the Macaray boys having some pretty talented young guns in the fight with Cooper Murray at the front of the field this year and, and their track record in that category. So you're clearly going in to that next year with eyes open about what Carrera Cup's all about and how big that challenge is going to be.
3: Yeah, the competition is incredible. I mean, you just have to look at some of the names that are racing in Carrera Cup and what they've done in the past and, and what some of the drivers have, have done in the future, really. Like, you're looking at Matt Campbell and Jackson, they're now over in Europe, um, you know, racing for Porsche as factory drivers. It's definitely a good breeding ground for young talent, and I'm excited to get amongst it.
1: Is that the dream? Is that the goal? Is, is that what this process is all about? Is to ultimately be that junior, get the shootout opportunity, and, and see what happens from there?
3: Yeah, that's it. Europe has, um Europe has always been my dream. Racing G T cars for a living, that'd be absolutely incredible. And and I think Porsche has such a good um such a good pathway laid out for us drivers in motorsport. It's it's a tricky sport to, you know, make a name for yourself and, and have a clear goal for you know, like when someone asks you what do you want to do in five years' time, when you're on this sort of pathway it's pretty easy to, to say, you know, I wanna be over in Europe racing super cup or I wanna be a Porsche junior driver so that's ultimately my goal and it's been proven time and time again. So hopefully we can be that next name on the list.
1: It's, uh, it's a great ladder system and it works well. W- were supercars on the radar, mate? Did you, did you look at that or was, was the Porsche model just too attractive?
3: Um, supercars have, have always been on my radar, obviously. From when I was a young guy, I've always raced. I, I mean, I've always watched supercars. I've always watched Bathurst, all that sort of stuff. And it'd be an awesome category to race in. But the Porsche pathway is... is um very appealing so yeah. that's ultimately my goal
1: so good chat thanks for joining us mate really appreciate it before we let our young drivers go we like to find out a bit about them so uh give me off the top of your head who's your racing hero what's your racing idol who's the the inspiration for you to be into this sport
3: i love daniel ricardo he's um he's such a classic aussie yeah. and i just love everything he does the way he presents himself and how good of an ambassador he is for Australian sport. I think he portrays everything that's good about Australians and, and everything that's shit about us as well, so he's a <laughs> <election.
1: laughs> Yeah, he's a warts and all character, isn't isn't he young, Daniel? Yeah. yeah, that's it. Uh, Dream motor race, what's the number one race at the top of your list that you want to be in one day?
3: Uh, Le Mans 24-hour, that one's easy.
1: Yep, well, I think Porsche might have some ins there. So uh, keep, keep <laughs> playing that trade. Uh, and favourite race car? What, what's over the, the history of the sport? And I know you watch it. I know you love it. Uh, what's the one race car that you'd love to find yourself behind the wheel of one day? And you don't have to answer Porsche. They won't mind if you say a Ferrari or something else.
3: <laughs> I um, There's actually one that my dad owns now. It's a McLaren M8E Can-Am car. Really? Which I'll be lucky enough to race in next year at Phillip Island. So that, that's an absolute... Yeah, weapon. It's, I call it the death sled because it goes like 300 and something Ks now. It's got 850 horsepower and weighs 800 kilos, and yeah. it's from the 1970s. So, yeah. Um, but that sort of racing back in the day, I think that's what really took motorsport to the next level. And you look at some of the race cars that were built compared to the road cars at the time, and they're absolute yeah, technologically, they were just the most advanced thing on the planet. So, that was definitely a, a time period that I. I love, and I can't wait to get into one of those race cars as so, much as I am very stoked
1: to. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, so <laughs> your dad's had that sitting in the shed, so it's all what good to go.
3: Yeah, she's all good to go. I think one of the mechanics is working on it pretty much as we speak. So wow, it's getting prepped for Phillip Island, and hopefully I'll get a day in it beforehand because I think that'll be a pretty daunting track to go to the first time.
1: Yeah, it's not a, it's not a cup car, mate. It's probably it's got double the horsepower no. of the 911, so that will take some yep. adapting. Uh, mate, <laughs> yeah, certainly. Thanks, thanks for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. Uh, congratulations on your season. It's been great fun to watch and call and, and see the progression over the course of the year, and we know that you're going to make uh, everybody proud when you jump into Carrera Cup next year.
3: Awesome. Thanks, Strasi.
1: There's Harry Jones joining us on the grid.
0: This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com on mypodcasthouse.com.